morning, everybody. If you are this morning surprised that I am up here because you were excited to hear Gaussian preaching this morning, let me just say, me too. I am also surprised that I am up here this morning um, because I was also excited to learn from Gaussian and all that he's been preparing for us. But in our ongoing staff game of COVID bingo, um, Gaussian's number came up. And uh, so you can pray for him. And ta-da, surprise, you get me. Um, and we will all get to benefit from Gaussian's work and wisdom in the new year. But it is a kind of a lovely surprise for me. Because as I look back on my calendar, I got to preach on January 1st this year. And now I get to preach on January, I mean, December 31st. So it's like there's something very special about getting to do this whole year in review. Um, and in general, there's something poignant for us about, about endings and beginnings and the opportunities that they give for reflection and review. Um, and as we do that, the opportunities they give us to look forward with renewed intention. So I, actually, I really love this, actually, the end of the year transition. I am one of those people who reads through all of the like, best books of the year lists, all of them. And then I make a really long hold list at the library that keeps me going for the next couple of months. Um, and I listen to the best songs of the year on Spotify. I discovered that Davis is apparently a big town for K-pop. Who knew? Things you discover on the end of the year lists for 2023. But it often introduces me to something I didn't know. Is there anyone else here that reads end of year top 10 best of lists? Um, best movies of the year? And you're like, dang it, I missed that one or looks over your own years, the, the things you accomplished on Strava, uh, the vacations that you took. I read all of the newsletters that come with Christmas cards. I love being able to review what people did that year, um, to celebrate or sometimes commiserate with the happenings in the lives of people I love. And it reminds me, these um, lists and newsletters and reviews of things that I value and people that I value. That's what actually happens as you review those lists. There's something deeply human about it. These practices that we have of looking back, of taking stock, of going through memories, gives us perspective when we pause to remember. And these can be some really profoundly um, healthy and good emotional, mental, and actually spiritual practices for us. So there's a lot of talk at this time of the year about what you want to accomplish in the new year, what are your hopes for 2024, what are your new prayers and intentions and goals. But before we do that, we are going to close out 2023 by spending some time taking stock of the year that has gone before us, remembering what has happened, reviewing the places where God has been at work, seeing how far we have come, and counting our blessings as we go. That's my plan. You with me? So we are going to jump into Psalm 103, Psalm 103. Um, I would encourage you to take out your Bible. We're going to read it twice this morning. Um, it's on page 587 in the Blue Bibles, if you want one in the, in the racks in front of you, or open it up on an app. But keep it open. Uh, one, because it keeps me honest, and two, because it's good for you to both hear and see what it is that you're doing, but we'll come back to it several times this morning. I am going to read it through once. Psalm 103, then we'll talk about it a bit. And by we'll talk, I'll talk, and hopefully you'll internally dialogue with me. And then I will close by reading it one more time. So let's keep that open. Psalm 103. Here we go. Bless the Lord, O my soul, 
and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far does he move our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower in the field. The wind passes over it and it's gone. And its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I love that psalm. So this morning we are going to do something of a year in review and practice doing what verse 1 invites us to do, which is to bless the Lord, or in some translations, to praise the Lord, O my soul. We're going to give ourselves a little spiritual pep talk, yes? Close out the year in gratitude and praise. And friends, let me be honest, as we do this, not everything in 2023 has been good. There have been some hard things that have happened this year. And there are many things that continue to be hard and are ongoing in their struggle. And let me be honest too that it is hard for me sometimes to just praise on demand. Like sometimes I'm not feeling particularly praisey, right? I don't have like a praise button that I can just push to activate. Sometimes I just want to move on. I don't want to look back, reflect, find the good in things and make myself praise. I remember seeing some t-shirts at the end of 2020 that was like um, a Yelp review or an Amazon review, and it said, 2020, zero stars, would not recommend. <laughs> and maybe you, looking back, would like a t-shirt that gives 2023 zero stars. <laughs> maybe there is a part of you that is longing for tomorrow with the fresh start of a brand new calendar and a brand new year. And maybe it feels hard to look back and maybe it's hard to look up. But Psalm 103 is a great friend to us in this because it gives us an excellent starting point on how to look back 
and how to look up. It gives us a catalyst for praise, which is the very best way to end a year, and as it turns out, I think it's the very best way to start a new year too. Tim Keller, who is one of the greats we lost in 2023, talked about the importance of praying scripture deep into our souls, like Derek was leading us in this morning. And what he meant by that was that using scripture in our prayers helps us to frame our experiences and ground our faith. It orients us in a profound way. And so verse 2 gets us started. Bless the Lord, praise the Lord, and forget not his benefits. It commands. These two things go together. Praising and not forgetting. Or praising and remembering, if not forgetting is an awkward thing to say. Because we are people who are prone to forget. And when we forget the specifics, it kind of all just becomes the big blur of the past, doesn't it? It becomes this gloss over general feeling, and our hearts check out and we kind of drift away. We forget, and then we float. But we are told to remember and to praise. And when we take the time to remember and not forget, to actively, specifically remember, the feelings that go along with those specific memories actually come back to us. When we remember our favorite books and our movies of the last year and our trips that we took and we look at photos and kind of revisit it, the specific memories kindle specific feelings, don't they? We get excited about that thing we read or we saw or we did. We, we tell one another stories, oh, remember that? Remember that thing we saw? It brings, the, the specificity of memory brings all of those things into our present consciousness, something we're thinking about, and with it comes specific feelings of gratitude or of poignance or of value. And with it often comes a feeling of wanting to give thanks, to praise or to bless God. Doing some specific remembering helps us put our past into perspective. You know, like the kid who comes back and says, and you say, how was your day? And they're like, it was terrible. Everything was terrible. But as you start going through, well... Does your friend greet you? Did you get that turned in? Were you able to do this? As you start recalling the specifics, it puts the general malaise into perspective, doesn't it? So it helps us to be specific in our memory because it puts the past into perspective. It acknowledges the present mercy we're living in, and it lands up deepening our trust that there will be sufficient for tomorrow. So what are some of the specific things the psalmist brings to mind and reminds himself to not forget as he's reviewing his past? Uh, reviewing his past, past. In verse 3, look with me, because you still have your Bibles open, right? Yes, yes. Look with me at verse 3. Uh, in verse 3, he remembers that God forgives sin. And if you look down at verses 8 through 10, he actually says more about that. He says God is merciful and gracious and he's slow to anger, and he won't always chide and scold, and he doesn't stay angry forever, and he does not deal with us according to our sins. He doesn't treat us like we deserve to be treated for our behavior. Don't forget, says the psalmist, how much you've been forgiven this year, and how much mercy you've been shown. 
we had a huge teachable moment for us as the grown-ups in our house this week. Uh, we had family visiting from out of town and a lovely two days of cousins visiting and connecting and my big kids chasing the two and five-year-old around the house and they were building Legos and they were keeping a balloon up for as long as they possibly could. And at the end of a very long, fun day of playing tag, they all collapsed on the couch to watch Bluey, which remains the best TV show on TV. Uh, watch Bluey together while the adults ate dessert and chatted. And after a while, I looked up and I kind of wondered aloud, where's the little one? And she was not, as we expected, watching Bluey with the others. She was nowhere in the living room. Oh dear, I hear you say, oh dear is right. In a house that probably has 200 markers of various sizes and shapes, she managed to find the fattest and blackest Sharpie and had drawn no less than 30, 40 original artworks all over the upstairs of our house. The bedroom doors, the furniture, the hardwood floors, the stairs, the banisters, the bedding, the bed. Banksy has nothing on this kid. Friends, let me tell you, <laughs> as I spent time uh, exploring the relative merits of rubbing alcohol and magic eraser, as I scrubbed, I thought about this. She had no idea what she was doing. No idea of the mess she was making. No idea of the damage that it was causing. She was cruising around. Maybe she was aware that she was being a little bit naughty, but she might not have been. She was just a two-year-old human doing what two-year-old humans do. And oh, what a mess. She has no idea what it takes to clean up. She has no idea of what it will cost to fix. And there's a bunch that actually can't be fixed. It can only be forgiven. Um, and one day, when she's older, she might begin to get an idea of what the consequences of her Banksy actions were. Uh, but that's years away. And just this little specific bit of reviewing the past week brought for me some specific praise to mind. Because friends, we all have, in many and various ways, tromped around in God's beautiful world, just doing what humans do, creating permanent marks of mess, and doing damage we hardly have any idea of around us. We're just doing our thing, unaware that the words that we said the things we didn't notice, the choices we make, the thing that seemed good at the time, the thing that didn't even seem dangerous at the time, what it actually did. And maybe as we get older, it starts to dawn on us how much our actions have upset or hurt or disappointed other people or how much it's going to take to cost or to fix. But when we start to think about it and realize the consequences, as the psalmist does in this verse, gosh, then you start to think, oh, I've been forgiven a lot. My sin could have been worse. True. There's more she could have colored on. Um, but what I did created so much more mess, has done so much more damage than I realized. And there's a growing realization that the things we did on purpose or in ignorance or just by mistake assumptions we made, 
things we left undone, lies we told, things we wrongly prioritized, things we looked at when we shouldn't have, things we didn't look at when we should have. It's a lot. It's a lot. I've made some big mistakes this year. And we all have made mistakes in our families, in our church. And yet, as we look back on this past year, let Psalm 103 remind us that God has not treated us as our sins deserve. We are still welcome in this house, even if we mess things up. And Jesus has paid for all of that mess. So even looking back on the failures and the bad parts of this last year gives us an opportunity to thank God for his patience and for his forgiveness. And friends, if you are closing out this year and you are feeling any regret or shame or guilt about the things that you've done or the things you should have done but didn't, this is your invitation to specifically remember those things, to name them and to give them to Jesus, confess them and let him take them away. That option is always there. This is a great time to review the lowlights of 2023 and let Jesus deal with those. Okay, what else? What other benefits are we not to forget as we look back? In verse 3, he goes on, eyes back in the scriptures. He's the one who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Think back on this year. Have you prayed for something? And maybe you've forgotten how it was answered. I spent a bit of time yesterday morning thinking back on this year and trying to specifically think through some of the things that worried me in the last 12 months and that I prayed for. I had a friend going through a horrific divorce. Um, there was a court case I was praying for that just seemed to get worse and worse and worse every time they had to appear before the judge. It just got more and more unjust. And I prayed the imprecatory psalms that God would shut that person's mouth. Uh, <laughs> I have prayed for deep family estrangement, for some relational pickles that I just didn't know how to untangle. Um, I prayed for a church budget crisis that seemed to threaten people and ministries that were the closest to my heart. I've prayed over some really hard decisions where there just didn't seem to be any one right answer or even one better than terrible answer, like all the options seemed to be bad. We've worried and prayed about the imminent death of a parent. We've worried and prayed over multiple diagnoses of cancer this year, multiple parenting conundrums where I just don't know what to do. I've never parented teens like teens before. This is all brand new. And as I thought about a bunch of these things that I've prayed for, I realized just how many of these things I've already seen God answer, where he did give justice. That court case is resolved. Um, or an answer, or he's given relief, or wisdom was given, or he made a way where there seemed to be no way, or where the intensity of a thing just kind of dissipated, or where God has surprised us with his comfort, and with community, and with provision, and above all, with the gift of his own presence through it. And through every one of these diseases and diagnoses, and through every injustice and impasse, he has been with us the whole year. And not just as a creator who cares about the cleanliness and goodness of his stuff. He has been with us with compassion 
as a father cares about his children, as a mother cares about her children, says verse 13 and 14, he knows we're two. You know, he knows what we're made of. And as we look back on the year that's passed, he looks back with us, not with disappointment because you could have and should have known better. He looks back knowing that we are very limited, finite beings. We're very vulnerable. There's a lot we don't know. We don't even know all that we don't know. Like two-year-olds with a Sharpie, or like 15-year-olds learning to drive, or like 46-year-olds teaching someone to drive for the first time, or 82-year-olds facing a challenge that they never have before. He knows that we don't fully get it. He knows that we bump and we bruise. He knows that our lives are so very frail. Look with me at verse 14 again. He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. And he knows this not only because he's a creator and a compassionate father, he knows this because, as we've been talking about in the month of Advent, he became flesh himself and took on all of the limitations and frailties of being human. So he gets it at a cellular level. Our God has actually cried tears and shed blood and sweat sweat. He gets it. Gets that our lives are so very short because he subjected himself to a short human life to close the gap between us and him. He gets it. He came to be with us. He knows life is very fleeting. But, but, look with me at verse 17. From everlasting to everlasting is his steadfast life. And as he looks on us, as we look back and look up and think about 2023, can you see places where you know that God has been with you in the hard times with compassion as you've been learning. And he's been with, it, with us for every good thing in 2023 also. Every highlight, all of the postable moments on your Instagram, he was there for that too. Verse 5 says that we should not forget that it is the Lord who satisfies satisfies our heart with good things. I got to preach on James 1 earlier this year, James 1.17, that every good gift, every good gift comes from the Father of heavenly lights. And as we look back on the milestones and the graduations and the new skills we've learned, like learning to walk or learning to ride a bike or learning how to pass chemistry or how to be a best, better listener or a less reactive friend, as you review your photos and think, oh, I got to see this beautiful sunset and go on this amazing trip and I got to go to the Taylor Swift concert and I remember the kindness of a friend who prayed and texted when I was in crisis and we got to check that thing off our bucket list, and I got to reconnect with a person I hadn't seen for four or five years, and all remember that mess that I made, and I had mercy instead of what I actually deserved in that situation, and remember that thing we laughed about, that friend I laughed with, that story we told, those memes we shared, that we laughed and laughed and laughed, remember those things, remember the relief we felt as a church in the fall? when we saw support and prayer and discernment teams rise up like we haven't seen in years, and we saw the goodness of God in real time this year, all of that, every mercy and highlights of 2023, that is a gift from God too. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, says the psalmist. Don't forget his benefits. Friends, church family, I want to invite you this morning to take some time and maybe a longer period of time later today. Go, maybe go for a walk. 
or look back over your planner or your journal or your calendar, go through your text threads, um, maybe go through your photos and look at it through the lens of Psalm 23. Look at the busy stuff, the good stuff, the bad stuff, the wilderness stuff. God has been with you. He's kept his promises. He's heard your prayers. He's still answering and working some stuff out. We don't know how he's... He hasn't resolved everything at the end of the year. There's some stuff that's still in process. But he's resolved enough this year that I trust him with the stuff that I haven't seen him resolve. Yes? He's been right there during the hard things. So can you go through some record of this last year and review your year and trace glimmers of his faithfulness? Places where maybe he's been trying to get your attention. Places maybe he wants you to think through in the light of his presence in that moment. Can you see his goodness to you and to your family and to this church? I guarantee you that taking the time to review your year and forget not his benefits will lift your spirits. It will lead you to wanting to bless the Lord. It will give you a better perspective on the year that has passed and it will fuel your hope for 2024. And as we next week are going to kick off on a 21 days of prayer uh, for the year, when Gozium is back, yes, um, it will fuel your hope as you remember these things that can kickstart our prayers with some praise. So make sure you're here next week. We're going to start the year right together. But as we close, I want to invite you to just take a minute right now to think back on some of your big events from 2023. Name them in your head or maybe even start jotting them down. And then I'm going to close after a bit by reading Psalm 103 one last time. So take a minute and start reviewing your year. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. 
As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower in the field, but the wind passes over it and it's gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of the Lord. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And his people said, Amen. Bronwyn, Derek Alden, I'm so grateful for... For this morning, I'm so thankful to Bronjo. I've been led into sort of the, the intersection of these two years to, to remember to look back and what God has done. We miss so much if we don't do that. And then these guys up here leading us in this song that the same God who was there in 2023 will be the same God that's there in 2024. And that's good news that puts my heart at ease for all the unknowns coming in the new year. Um, so I'm very grateful uh, for this morning. Glad you all are here to join with it. Um, I have uh, a couple things to share this morning. First is if you um, are wanting to continue your worship through giving, there are some offering boxes in the back. You can also go online, and there's some QR codes on the back um, at, the, at the offering boxes if you uh, want to just go online right now to continue to give. So thank you for your generosity. Your generosity also very often goes to support the second thing I'd like to tell you about, which is its uh, retreat season coming up at FBC. That's kind of what I'm going to talk about. Uh, but there's retreats all over this thing right here, this little handout that hopefully you got. Um, there's just, we're just overflowing with retreats. Retreats coming out of our ears. And here's what I want to say about this, um, that when I was in college, um, there were many, many great weekends that I got to experience in my four years at UC Davis. Do I remember individual ones? No, not really. They all blend together. Okay? And there was many great teaching. I got to learn under Dan Seitz and Stanford Gibson like every Tuesday night. And they were amazing teachings. And yet, can I remember a normal rudimentary Tuesday night even though it was phenomenal? Probably not. You know what I do remember from college? You know what sort of stuck itself to the bones of my memory? Was when we as a community, we got out of our routine, went to a new place, spent actual abundant time together, had more than 30 minutes to focus on a subject in scripture or in the Christian life, and just got to kind of luxuriate together on a retreat. That's what sticks in my mind. That's, what the, that's where the memories are. And so I encourage you, do that. Go on a retreat. Don't just settle for routine. Routine is good, but breaking it every once in a while is powerful for us. And so I hope that you come on retreats. And I would like to say that you see the art and science up there. Sign up today for that. So Katie and I told our neighbor about the marriage retreat. And uh, her response was so interesting to me. Her response was like, oh, I, I'm dying for my husband to want to go to this. I'm dying for my husband to want to go to this. And I heard a little bit of, um, of uh, not a lot of hope that he will in that. And so I want to encourage, if that's you, and it could be a little awkward in this moment right now, if that's you, if there's one of you in a couple um, who's not that interested in going, consider giving the gift of your presence with your partner at this retreat. 
Um, this stuff is gold. Let's not just take it for granted that our church puts on awesome things like this uh, in the church and in the community. Let's go to this marriage retreat. All right. Um, the last thing, Bronwyn was mentioning the 21 days of prayer. And so I want to tell you a little bit about that. Sorry, this paper stuff is just, it's distracting is what it is. Okay. And so here's the thing. We are wanting to kick off the new year with 21 days of prayer. And I'm going to be sort of teaching myself right now. And I'm sure there's some of you who could listen in. And, uh, but I'm, I'm wanting, you to know, this is for me. I'm telling myself this, that when I, I know that when I do not regularly spend time intentionally praying to God, I do not become the kind of person who naturally trusts God. And I do not become the kind of person who naturally puts his hope in God. I become the kind of person who naturally worries, who is naturally anxious, who is naturally thinking that all of the world is on my shoulders. And every once in a while, I'll pray to God when I'm desperate. But I'm not the kind of person who trusts. I'm not the kind of person who relies on God. I'm not the kind of person who delights God. It delights in God easily. I do it along the way of my worry and my fear. And so I want to encourage us all. Prayer is hard. If that's you, no shame. There's no, there's, uh, no guilt in this room for that. But 21 days, we're going to pray together. And it might be that you're praying by yourself, sort of figuratively, figuratively together. It might be that you're praying in your family every day for 21 days. It might be that you're praying sort of with a small group um, for 21 days. But we're going to pray together as a church. We're going to call upon God and we're going to trust God in our prayers. And we're hoping that many of us will, at the same time, add an element of fasting to that. And that is a little bit flexible. But it could be that you read a book on prayer. It could be that you listen to sermons on prayer. It could be that you do a food fast at a regular time throughout the uh, 21 days. Could be that you fast from social media or fast from your phone or fast from something else. But we're gonna uh, fast so that we can intentionally turn our trust and our reliance on God once again in the season. And so we're gonna, we're gonna break all that on January 28th, the big celebration here just to pray together. And um, if you want resources like daily prayer prompts and meditations and just other resources on prayer, you can sign up on our website at the events page. And we hope that you do. So I would love for all of you to stand and receive this benediction. Church, may the God who was all over your 2023 in ways that were seen and ways that were unseen, may that God punctuate 2024 with moments of joy, tons of hope, and peace that you can't even fathom right now. Go in peace.